Welcome to another episode of Appalachian Shine. This is J.C. Swangruber. It's the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Certainly appreciate it, and our audience is growing, and that's a good thing. So if you're first time listening to Appalachian Shine, share it with some friends. We're on Spotify, and we are on iTunes as well. And you can find us on Facebook, uh, Support Appalachia. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash support Appalachia. I've got pretty lucky here today. We've had an Authors Guild meeting with the Appalachian Authors Guild, and I'm very pleased just to be hanging around a table here with some fellow writers and uh, having a good time today. So I'm just going to go around the table here. Uh, we have Ellen Myatt. We have Jason Houghton, who's uh, one of the newer members. And we have uh, Vicki from uh, Hoop Books Publishing. We've had you on before, Vicki Fletcher. Yes. Uh, and we're all here in Abingdon, Virginia today. And we just want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that local writers are working on. And uh, I want to start off with uh, Ellen, because Ellen, you and I were talking that you're working on a book, a cookbook that's coming out. Right. And this is really uh, centered and tailored toward people with autoimmune deficiencies. That's right. And to keep down swelling inflammation. and inflammation. Right. Uh, tell us a little bit about why you got into writing this book and, and who it's going to help. Well, the reason I got involved in the book is because I have a vasculitis, an autoimmune condition known as Wegner's, and initially was given six to 24 months to live, okay? The key is my body was so full of inflammation that it made it difficult for blood to adequately pass through my body, and it's a systemic disease. That was overwhelming, but what really became overwhelming was figuring out what I could eat. And then, at that point, you just started doing a lot of research, Googling. I, st and I started researching probably about six months after my condition came under control. And then, this time last, uh, two years ago, uh, I took a setback, and then I really got serious, thinking about what do I need to do, because I have to manage my own health. There is great information online. You can find all kinds of information on anti-inflammatory foods, even shopping lists, but the problem was... When I got the, got the groceries, what do I do with them, okay? <laughs> and I'm not a girl who likes to use 15 things in a recipe, okay? So I had to find something that was good for one person. I also live alone, so I don't want to cook for six. I want to cook for one. So it's taken me a year to play with recipes, tailor them. And what this book really is is not just a cookbook. I want it to be a transition guide. I'm a food addict, okay? Give me any food that's white. Rice, <laughs> potatoes, bread, okay? I mean, I love it. I'm not, I'm not as bent for sweets, okay? But I want all that carb that I can possibly get. So that's get. why you give me the candy when we come to That's right. Meeting. I passed okay. it to you. That's right. right. I'm saving myself for potatoes later tonight. And everybody says they want to see Everybody says they want to see more of me, so I'm going to bulk up for next year. But the thing is, is that I think for a lot of us who find out that we have an autoimmune disease and we need to change our ways, let's face it. Some people who are smokers can quit on a dime, okay? Some people who may drink too much can stop that pretty quickly. And maybe some people who eat a lot of food or the wrong foods can change their ways overnight. I'm not that girl, no, okay? It's, it's, not, it's not easy. And I'm no stranger to diets. I mean, I'm, I'm totally convinced I could jump in the air and get stuck at this point. So, I mean, the, one of the things that uh, you, you were talking about with your book that I found was uh, incredibly useful is at times when I went on diets, like I, I mentioned fast mm -hmm. metabolism was mm -hmm. that I uh, mm -hmm. tried, and it was incredibly successful. But you go out and you buy food, it's like 
you spend a lot on food, and but mm-hmm. you end up wasting a certain amount a of food. A lot of food, yeah, and, and, especially and, fresh food, right? Yeah, and uh, tell folks how what you're doing actually will help them maximize using the food and minimize wasting their money. Well, so this is more of a transition guide. How to get from being a food junkie, so to speak, okay, to eating foods that will help to keep the inflammation down in my body, okay? And it is a journey. It just doesn't happen overnight. The thing is, is that I found myself buying all the great groceries, but like you said, some of them were just wasting away in the bottom bin, okay? Mm -hmm. So I learned to buy less. It does mean maybe going to the store a little more often, okay? But buy less and use what I have. But, again, when I noticed other meal guides or whatever for this type of disorder. Today we're having half of an avocado and we don't see that coming up in the week until about four days from now. Well, that thing's turned black in my fridge, (laughs) you know, or so my meal guide, I think that's the important part of this book. The meal guide helps you to see how to revisit some of that. Now I'm not big on leftovers. I really don't care for leftovers. So I have gotten creative in how I repurpose uh, spinach. Yeah. How okay. do I repurpose, you know, some of those other veggies? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating. I can see how it's going to be helpful because just the nature of where we live at, we all live on comfort foods all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, and especially this time of year. And, and I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love every bit of it way too much. Uh-huh. But yeah, um, when do you think this this book will be out? I'm, hope, be I'm hoping that I'm through. I'm on my second round of testing recipes. So I created the recipes. I photographed them. And, uh, and, and that's that. But now I've got to redo these recipes, ensuring that what I've written works. Mm -hmm. Now, the one thing to remember, too, uh, when you're looking at some of these recipes or trying them, most in most of them, there is no salt used. In some of them, there's a little bit of sea salt because I have to keep that salt down again because of inflammation. I'm also diabetic, so I have to keep the sugar level down. Besides, sugar can be an inflammatory as well. And you'd be surprised at what vegetables and things are inflammatory Mm -hmm. as well. Okay, vegetables are Yeah, but you'll have to see the book to know the rest of that. That's a teaser if I've I've ever heard. So are you self-publishing this? Right now, self-publishing. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, so <laughs> through, me, through, through you, through, 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 right, through Vicky, right. um, and Jason's over here nodding like, yes, yes, the sea salt and so forth. Now, Jason, you're you're a new guy here in the guild. Yes, sir. And uh, how long have you been living here in Appalachia? You moved out of Cleveland. No, I moved out of North Carolina. Okay. Um, originally, I'm from Ohio. I was in the Army for nine years, and I got to see a lot of the world and live in a few places. Um, I left the military in North Carolina, uh, raised my son there. And now I've settled in Southwest Virginia, and I'm, I couldn't be happier. I love this, the Appalachia. And uh, it's so wonderful. you've got your first book out called 18 Fools. Yes, sir. And that's on Amazon. And you're working on your second one now. Now, you told me that you were uh, putting uh, the book that you, the fiction that you've been working on into a, um, is this some sort of a competition with other writers from the uh, military? Uh, there is a veteran competition. I I am not sure that I will be entering it now. Um, there I had to, I pulled Strange Brew from from what the final entry. I pulled it back. Um, 
there's parts that I want to rewrite and I want to do okay. it right. And I'm probably going to self-publish it this summer. Okay. But I want to make sure it's 100% the best work I could do. Yeah, the way you want. And and uh, I mean, you let me actually beta read your book for you. Yes, sir. And that was a really good story. And uh, I like how you kind of incorporate some of the things you've seen in the military into this book. Because this, the story itself was just the experience in another country or things I had no idea had happened. Um, you just don't hear about it in the news. And it's kind of, you know, from your experience, it's writing into this, this fiction. Yes. Um, uh, a lot of the book takes place in Kosovo, and I was one of the first – my unit was one of the first ones there. Um, we we stayed for uh, six months, got to know the culture, uh, found out that my relatives, my ancestors, are actually from the Balkans. So it was good to see the culture that they came from, even though yeah. it was under different circumstances that we were observing it. Yeah. Um, and the, the coffee and the chess from over there, that, that made a strong impact in, in the story. As one of my beta yeah. readers, you can... Now, for, for your book that's online, 18 Fools, um, I'm actually reading it right now. So I'm probably about two-thirds of the way through this. And uh, your last name is spelled H-O-U-G-H-T-O-N, if anybody wants to look that up on YouTube. Or not on YouTube, but on uh, Amazon. And uh, it's called 18 Fools. Really great cover. Your wife actually does cover designs. And uh, she did a logo for me as well. And you can find her at IHaveYouCovered.net. And that's uh, so you can check out her work there, too. So you just got a built-in book cover uh, every time you do something. So so the rest of us are kind of jealous because, like, well, you know, we have to hunt and peck around. And, uh, you know, and then Vicki, unless you go to Vicki, and you, you're here in Abingdon with Hoop Books Publishing, and you're also the president of the Authors Guild. Yes. And, uh, um, how long have you had Hoop Books? Uh, Hoop Books here at the incubator began in September 2018. I was actually doing books for people uh, from about 2014. Uh, then it, I started getting so many clients that I ended up deciding to start my business full time. Uh, so I retired from my job at the church and uh, came down here to the incubator and started. Um, I just completed Project 120, and I have 12 people in queue okay, for, wow. book, for books. That's impressive. That tells you the strength of just uh, the artistic expression here in central Appalachia, that that many people, that you have that many people coming to publish books, right. not just people through the Guild, but outside of the Guild and, right. and in other writing groups and clubs, because uh, there are quite a few around the area. Yes. Even though I, I would say we're the premier group here with the Appalachian Authors Guild. Right. But it's um, it's amazing that we have such great talent here. And it, it is a challenge, though. I wanted to ask you about this and, and then the other members here, too, because a lot of people are self-published or go through companies like yours, and it's really hard to promote and market and advertise. Yes. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges that Appalachian writers have uh, right now? I mean, we're in the middle of COVID, the pandemic, and... People are starting to get out a little bit more now, but it's, it's tough because people haven't had book signings in a year. Right, and, um, and that's or, one of yeah. the most important things you can do for marketing when you're a self-published author is to do in-person book events because that's how you get your name out there. Mm -hmm. People buy your books. They like your books. They come back and buy more books. They spread the word. That's the main thing for marketing uh, in this because in 
the Amazon world of so many millions of books yeah. available. It's it's very hard. Marketing is probably the hardest thing that an author has to face. Now, if people want to find a collection of all these Appalachian writers in one location, a good place to start is AppalachianAuthors.com. Yes. And that's the website for the guild yes, itself. Yes, we have a member page that links to their website where books can be purchased. We also have what we call our bookstore where uh, those that uh, choose to do so have sent their uh, books that, and uh, we've linked it to where they can be purchased, whether it be their website or whether it be Amazon or where wherever someone can purchase those books. Now, you don't have to have written a book to be a member. Is that no. Right? Um, and you don't have to live in the area to be a member. No. We have members from Florida, Georgia, both of the Carolinas, of course, Virginia and Tennessee, because it's right here, Kentucky, West Virginia. We now even have a new member out in Arizona. Which is great. It is. <laughs> so um, so the, the guild is actually growing. Um, and, uh, you know, so like I said, you don't have to be a member to... to um, I've written a book to be a member. Right. And the dues are generally 25, but if people get in a little early this year, it's 20. Right. So you can find that on the website. A um, couple of benefits that I've noticed, and I'll just toss out and run this by, by you guys here, um, of being a guild member is not just – I've made a lot of new friends since I joined the guild. and um, With like interests. Exactly. I think that's important. And and uh, and, and I've met people that, uh, you know, people that can help you grow as a writer – um, we've learned a lot about writing prompts with like Linda Hoagland, for example, yes. mm -hmm. getting to know other writers like Linda Dobkins, uh, mm -hmm. who writes under Joe Allison, who's from, she lives here, but she was from somewhere else. And, and the right. books that she writes are period pieces built in, you know, set in St. Louis. And yes. So we have such a wide vari uh, variety of writers that write in different genres and different styles. Mm -hmm. And um, what are some of the perks? I'll just uh, ask you, Alan, what, what are some of the perks that you felt from just being a member of the guild? Well, one of the important ones for me is when we have the workshops. I want to grow my craft. I want to develop, you know, additional skills, new skills. And by having our guest speakers come in who address certain topics that mm -hmm. we've been polled the year before, asked, you know, what would we like to hear, what we'd like to see. And, uh, and then when we get those, I think that that's fantastic. You know, it's well worth the two hours or so that we spend uh, listening. Yeah, 25 yeah. bucks is really kind of a, a very small amount to right. pay for, for the whole back. year yeah. and get all of those right. uh, opportunities. And like you just said, too, I, I teach at King University, and I teach students about the value of networking. I mean, that's a business skill. And uh, and writing is there's, it's the business of writing. So the networking with each other yes. and learning how each other is doing something and trying something new. And especially today with Carrie on Zoom, you know, learning how to use new technology to further our message. Right. Uh, and Jason, for, for you, I mean, you're, like I said, one of the newer members, but what, what have you gotten out of it so well, far? One thing, first of all, I'm going to preface this by saying everybody wants their books and their work to be praised. But to get to that point, you got to find people to bounce those ideas off of, and you have to find people who will read your work mm -hmm. and, and give you honest feedback. And this group ha has provided members who do that, for me and, yes. and I think that's a, a great thing because 
Most people can't read their own writing and see the flaws. No, they cannot. And this group has a lot of like-minded individuals, and everyone here wants you to find success right. with your work because your success is the group's success. Right, right. Um, and the short time I've been a member, I, I've learned that and made some good friends, and uh, that's pretty much what the big thing that I've taken from all this. Yeah, one, yeah like you mentioned, you got to have like, – in a way, you know, good, good, solid, honest feedback, and it, uh, I, I, you know, I'm looking at the standards that were held here, and trying to self-edit, which is the worst, dumbest mistake ever, uh, you know. That's like somebody trying to represent themselves in court. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, but you know, it, it took me uh, 20 years <laughs> to actually get my first book right. You know, I went back and it's like after putting it on the shelf for a while and going back, it's like, wow, that's. I don't even write that way anymore. So I ended up doing a rewrite of my very first book that I started writing in early 2000. Mm -hmm. And I just got it kind of back out in 2018. Right. And uh, actually, I wrote about that experience because it's that's a tough experience. That's a tough pill to swallow. There's a lot of people, you know, write, we artists sometimes have a little thin skin. <laughs> I get that, you know, and we don't want to hear criticism. And we're wedded to the words that we write. Yeah. Right. It's and, hard to divorce yourself from your content. So, yeah, I, I had a, a reader, a, a guy I know who wrote, uh, his, his name's Robert Prather. He actually wrote a book on the Swift Silver Mine. He went and did a huge, extensive research on this and you know, where that potential treasure is hidden in eastern Kentucky. Um, fascinating guy. So he read one of my books. And he got back with me last week. He's like, hey, that was a really good story. By the way, you had a misspelling on this page and this page, and I thought, thank God, I'm glad some oh. because I can always upload a new document and correct that, right. you know. And I'm glad when people notice that because if somebody just says, "Yeah, good work," it means they kind of don't care, you know. <laughs> like, like, yeah, tell me what's wrong or how do I make a story better? And that's what this group he probably really gets does. mad at me because when I read something, I always send it back. Oh no, no, I, here's all the corrections. Yeah, I, no, do you want to make them or do you want me to? That's what I want. It's like well, I've said anywhere I send it out, it's like just tell me what I did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> when I first became a reporter in Nashville yeah. for the Southwest Virginia Enterprise, you know, I really didn't have the background, but thank the Lord they hired me anyway. But they never edited my work. Mm -hmm. It would end up appearing, even though we had an editor, it would end up appearing in the paper as I wrote it. Well, what I found out is the publisher of the paper would red ink everything. He read the paper. And I have to admit, when the editor left, I went in there, got the paper when he left for lunch, and I'd crouch down in his office behind a chair to see where all those mistakes were because how was I going to learn what I did right? Yeah. I want to know what's wrong. I exactly. want to fix it. So I've always guided my, my reporters or now my student writers yeah. that when you see red, don't see red like a, a red cape in front of a bull. Just know that that red is the heart of someone who cares that you're better at your craft tomorrow than you are today. That's very right. true. Mm -hmm. So anybody out there that's thinking of writing a book and uh, definitely uh, touch base with the guild and right. and reach out and uh, learn some things. You know, it's uh, it's a fun group, and uh, you know when we especially when we meet at other times, we've had more people present. It's uh, right. it's always a good time. Now, uh, Ellen, if people want to find you um, and follow. You, along you to see when your book comes out how do they how do they find you through the Appalachian Authors okay. Guild right. website <laughs> AppalachianAuthors.com and uh, Jason what, what about you if people want to follow along with you uh, right now my personal website is JasonCHoughton.com and not yet on the Appalachian website I'm looking forward to, to adding my uh, information on yes. that okay 
and then they can find you on social media. Yeah, on social media. Um, right now, it's I'm just on Twitter at writerjch. Okay. And, and on Facebook at Jason Houghton writer uh, author. Sorry. Okay. And Emily's got a page set up for I Have You Covered. Yes, Emily has there. I Have You Covered. And she does book covers for anybody who wants to check out her work, and it's incredibly reasonably priced, and she does good stuff. Uh, Vicki, if somebody wants to check out Hoop Books Publishing, where do they go? Uh, HoopBooksPublishing.biz. All right, and you're right here in Abingdon. I guess you got your contact info on there. And let's pile on more business for you and keep you busy. <laughs> I know you. Thank you. Yeah, you've been you've been slammed busy, but that's not a bad thing. That's that's no, a good thing, it so. is not. And I've been so blessed because uh, you know one of the first things um, someone asked me was, "How are you going to promote your business so that you have business?" And I said, "Well." Um, as soon as I finish the ones that I'm working on, I'll, I'll think about that and, you know, and go forward. I haven't had to because luckily word of mouth from other authors at events or whatever or speaking to someone, someone comes up and said, oh, I have a book. Where did you get yours published? And through that word of mouth, you know, I've, I've ended up with many clients, so I, I feel very blessed. Good. And also on the AppalachianAuthors.com, there's a link there. I guess people can go to our fun, GoFundMe page or make a donation there online, yes. too. Yes, yes. Um, because there are several events that are coming up that we'll need some additional funding for. Right. And uh, the more funding we get, the more people we can have in and you know, spread the message of what we're working on and, and grow the number of writers in the region and teach the craft. And uh, exactly. it's exciting stuff. Um. We certainly appreciate everybody listening in to this episode of Appalachian Shine. I uh, have a pretty interesting conversation coming up on the next podcast. Um, you, you folks here might find that interesting, too. I'm going to be meeting with a group of preachers from here in central Appalachia over in Bristol uh, from different churches to talk about the the just uh, how, how tough it's been to keep their congregations together during COVID. Right. And there's so many... You know, so many um, you know personal interest stories, I think, that are not just with writers, but with anything and everything here in Appalachia that, uh, that represents our culture, whether it's the arts, which I think, you know, writers define who we are as a culture. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important to su- support every one of them. And, uh, and you know, again, how churches are a central part of our life here in uh, Appalachia as well. So we'll be talking to some pastors in the next one. And uh, we'll be definitely getting together with more members of the Authors Guild Uh, as uh, the weeks and months go on. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. You can also check us out on uh, supportappalachia.org and make a donation there as well. So thanks again, and we will see you on down the road.